and welcome to the first episode of Talking Payments with Ian Vico. We're delighted to launch this new podcast as we think it provides the perfect way to provide more insights into Ian Vico's current activity with its stakeholders and specifically what we're working on with our Ian Vico associates, subscribers and the wider payment community. We're also seeking to have more dialogue with our partners in the industry and other experts on how our specifications are evolving to really support the payment community. And we want to provide the opportunity for those who are using EMV technology to really get to know some of the people behind the work at EMV Co. New episodes will be posted each quarter, each focusing on timely and relevant developments that our technical body is working on and the payments industry at large. So let me kickstart episode one and make some introductions. I'm Simon Klein and I'm Ian Vico's Director of Communications. I have about 25 years in the industry and I'll be hosting today's podcast. I'm joined by my colleague Brian Byrne, who's Ian Vico's Director of Engagement and Operations. Thanks, Simon. Yeah, hi, I'm Brian. I've been uh, in the payments industry now for over 30 years and I lead Ian Vico's Industry Engagement Strategy with our associates and with the wider payments community. And I also oversee uh, the day-to-day Ian Vico business activity. Thanks, Brian. And we're also joined by our other colleague, um, Bastien Laji, who's our Director of Technology. Hi, everyone. Thanks you, Simon. Um, so I'm, I'm Bastien Laji. Indeed, I joined EMVCO in 2015 and I'm overseeing the, uh, all the technical developments across EMVCO's working group testing and approval programs. I'm also uh, leading the EMVCO technical liaison strategy and relationships with other technical bodies to enable collaboration and industry synergy. Thanks, Bastien. So, as the episode title alludes to, today we want to talk about EMVCO's plans for 2021 and what we're going to be looking to do in the future um, just beyond. We're also going to be looking at, obviously, what's been the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic in the last year um, and what's that really has meant, one, to how EMVCO works, but also how it's impacted the payments industry um, and, in particular, what it's done in terms of the, the growth in contactless transactions. So, let's start with... What's going to be news in 2021? Bastian, can you outline what activities you're most looking forward to seeing progressed and delivered in the coming year? Sure, Simon. Um, it's probably helpful to start with the split of um, what the, the EMVCO activities between face-to-face environment and the remote payments. So uh, uh, in the first area, the face-to-face transactions, uh, EMVCO is focusing on, on promoting innovation at the point of sale. Uh, the key advance- advancement in this area uh, are probably the uh, type two mobile. Um, type two mobile is um, the using using a mobile device as an acceptance device. So we do have uh, two main activities in that area. Um, we held special interest meetings um, that took place uh, with our associates and subscribers to get their inputs and feedback on what Yemvico should do or could do uh, in that area. And uh, the results shown that. Um, uh, indeed, we should analyze uh, what are the uh, consumer mobile device um, functional um, efficiency in reading cards um, and as well uh, potentially how it could be used and it needs to be adapted uh, in terms of, of uh, requirements uh, to use this device as acceptance devices. So uh, we do encourage all the interest parties to participate to the early ad- adopter program. Uh, and EMVCO plans to expand this program not only to mobile devices, but as well to other type of devices and adapts its testing services accordingly. 
So in conjunction, the second activity that we have in this in this area, the Tap to Mobile Task Force, is focusing on specifically on evaluating the best way to interact with merchants and consumers when using a mobile device as an acceptance device. Uh, a second key um, advancement um, that the MVCO is working on is wireless technologies. Um, we see that there is a potential for wireless technologies um, that are currently not covered by EMV specifications, such as Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, um, uh, and mobile data, um, to offer new and flexible and convenient way uh, to, uh, to, to perform payments and to provide payment experiences. So the uh, wireless task force with the MVCO uh, is focusing on, on identifying the um, key business payment-related use cases for this type of technology. Yeah, Bastian, these are like great examples of the growing appetite for contactless or, or touchless transactions. You know, and as awful as this pandemic has been, you know, it has resulted in, in this trend that's rapidly accelerating uh, growing interest in mobile payments and, you know, in QR codes as well. From a QR code perspective, EMVCO is engaged in extensive discussions with bodies, including the US Faster Payments Council, the European Payments Council, the European Commission, European Central Bank, uh, discussing the role of EMV QR code specifications. And beyond this, of course, there's been an exceptional increase in remote transactions. Bastian? Yeah, you're completely right, Brian. Um, and, and that's another key area EMVCO is working on. Um, as an example, we are focusing today on the relationship between um, the few spec that we re released um, the, the last years, which is the EMV 3D Secure Specification and the EMV Secure Remote Commerce Specifications. And we will analyze um, um, these two specs together in order to assess how uh, they could uh, benefit from each other uh, for more convenience and, and increased security. Uh, we also work very closely um, as part of the alliance that we um, that we built uh, between uh, EMVCO, FIDO Alliance, and W3C. Um, we launched this um, uh, uh, this relationship um, two years ago now, and um, since then we released the OEMVCO, FIDO, and W3C technology relays document that is available and which which outline the roles of um, complementary technologies that together support merchants in delivering a more secure and convenient payment experience, always for the benefit of the, um, of, of the e-commerce customers. So the group is actively seeking for feedback on these documents uh, from interested organizations uh, to improve and announce that. So uh, there, there are probably um, additional things that we could, we could include in these documents. Um, we are also discussing heavily on the uh, secure payment confirmation process, which is again the um, um, the connection between all these technologies, uh, being uh, FIDO authentication, uh, W3C, and EMVCO. The plans you've just been talking about, Bastian, are very much the big ticket items. But as we know, as EMVCO's directors, um, that isn't completely everything that EMVCO is about, and there's a a lot of energy and focus going into maintaining and evolving existing technology and the specifications behind that. In the coming year, what do you see as the kind of the, the key maintenance updates and efforts that we should expect to see? 
Yeah, it's it's really important for EMVCO to to maintain what what exists as well. And and indeed, I, I mentioned earlier the the, the, the new things, but um, that we we also um, uh, we are also uh, focusing on, on on maintaining the the, the processes and specification. One one interesting area these days is the IQ modulation, which is a very ex very recent example of of this maintenance process. I'm sure I won't be the only one, Bastian. I'm sure many of our listeners today will wonder what exactly is IQ modulation. <laughs> a bit, of, a bit of technology. So um, IQ stands for in phase and quadrature. So um, the modulation usually refers to the process of transmitting data via a carrier signal between two objects. And in the case of payments, uh, we talk about the payment cards, the payment device, and the payment terminal. So to date, the terminal would generate the communication field on which the card or payment device would respond. Uh, all through the response is intended to be a simple amplitude modulation, the reality that the signal received by the terminal contains a mixture of in-phase, I, and in quadrature, Q, components. This is the IQ modulation. The extent of the IQ modulation received from early generation payment cards was sufficient, sufficiently low, um, such, such that the interoperability with terminals not supporting IQ demodulation was largely achieved over much of the op operating volume, which is this volume where uh, the, the, the terminal um, can read the, the, the card information. But from now, for an optimal reception, when there are greater degrees of IQ modulation, the terminal receiver must employ IQ demodulation. Uh, this IQ modulation demodulation offers announced interoperability between the payment terminal and a range of payment ICC devices, such as mobile phone, key phones, swatches, or this kind of, of, of devices. And the improvement in this communication really um, uh, facilitate the communication between the new devices and the payment terminal. So the, the communication is improved um, with faster speed, with greater range, which means more flexibility in where the payment device uh, needs to be positioned to uh, connect to the terminal. It enables terminals to become more intelligent. So uh, we, we did, we did uh, specified the, the, the requirements for this and we also updated the testing pro program to support uh, the, the, this IQ modulation that will be launched in the near future. Um, and we've also worked with ISO and NFC Forum to align uh, our requirements to ensure synergy um, between the work of, of the different bodies. Brian, this sounds like a really technical piece of work. Was, was there a, a real demand for this change from the industry? Oh yeah, look, absolutely. The specification has been updated following a call from the payments industry to support device innovation and new payment use cases. For example, the transit industry is looking to improve turnstile throughput and speed and payment device positioning. You know, they want it to be less accurate and still work. And of course, the payment uh, integrated circuit device manufacturers, you know, they felt limited by the current modulation and its ability to support ICC advancements. So Invico has been working on this now for a couple of years, and during this time, we've engaged extensively with the Invico associates and subscribers, and we've held special interest meetings and technical sessions on this topic. And the input we got from the ICC device vendors and understanding terminal capabilities was essential. 
The ability to test was also key to ensure smooth integration and an ability to confirm performance when it's live. Test tool vendors' input was absolutely key. Bastian also mentioned that EMVCO is launching a testing program to support IQ modulation. What can you tell us about EMVCO's testing and certification infrastructure? Yeah, thanks, Simon. This is, you know, often I think the unsung hero of the work done by EMV and EMVCO. EMVCO undertakes extensive work to stay ahead of the curve and to support the infrastructures needed to enable seamless transactions globally. We monitor the industry and implementations to understand areas that need to be enhanced, improved, or maintained. And this is also true of our testing infrastructure. EMVCO provides testing programs that enable participants in the payments ecosystem to have confidence that the products that they issue will be will interoperate on globally secure infrastructures, regardless of where their customers make or receive a payment. As of March in 2021, we had almost 80 test labs and over 180 test tools. And on our website, you'll see over 8,500 approved and evaluated products. The EMVCO associates who are test labs and tool providers are involved in developing test programs. And equally, we consider feedback from the test labs and the tool providers who are not engaged in the associates program as well. Well, as you said, Brian, it really is a great example of one of EMVCO's key unsung heroes. Bastian, um, another is EMVCO's work related to elliptic curve cryptography. Could you explain about that? Yeah. Um, so we, we will soon announce uh, the, uh, the the that. The, the support of um, uh, elliptic curve cryptography in the EMV chip specifications. Um, so the, the objective of elliptic curve cryptography is to um, enable enhanced security functionalities and capability. Um, so until now we did we did support RSA in the in the EMV chip spe- specifications. Um, the, um, the 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 what ECC. Um, uh, include as well is uh, to achieve the same uh, cryptography strength but with much smaller key size which will enable more efficient transactions um, so it it will help to support new business models um, and uh, the increasing need for more robust security EMVCO is indeed committed to uh, to support both RSA and ECC uh, so the, the objective is not to replace RSA but to be able uh, to to uh, enable both um, the use of, of potentially both cryptographies as need be. So EMVCO works with its associates and the wider payment community to uh, anticipate the new security trends and uh, to ensure that its specification can be used to secure payment transactions both now and in the in the future. Uh, we will also uh, provide a guideline for uh, the contactless uh, for the implementation of ECC uh, in uh, in contactless payment to ensure the same level of security um, and to support the, the new cryptography. And you know, Simon, I think it's interesting for our listeners to know that this work started many years ago when the National Institute of Standards and Technology (NIST) stated that it wasn't going to support RSA after 2030. It's important to note the extensive role the payment community played in wanting this cryptography as well as input from the academic and scientific community. I I realise there's important points there, Brian. But to clarify, does this make transactions more secure? Is that the aim? 
I would say yes and no, Simon. Um, it, it doesn't make current payment more secure today, but it ensures robust security can be maintained in new payment innovations, uh, setting the foundation to support the long-term security needs of the payment community. So while RSA and ECC can provide the same cryptographic strength, um, again, ECC achieved this with much smaller key size. So um, it facilitates the storing of the key and it facilitates the processing uh, for, for, for the cryptographic calculation. So ECC provides a strong security efficiency um, over the conventional public key cryptography algorithm, which is essential to ensure smooth migration. Thanks for that clarification, Bastian. So far, we've, we've discussed a lot about EMVCO's work with its industry partners and, and the input it gets from the payments community into EMVCO's work. Um, in the last year, though, um, like industry and business and society at large, we've had to move to a, a virtual approach to engagement um, and you know, having to work in that way in response to the, the pandemic. That's continued into this year. Um, but how has this impacted EMVCO's work with its associates and subscribers and as well as the wider industry engagement? I mean, surely that's that's limited how successful and how effective EMVCO be engaged. I mean, Brian, do you see this having a long term impact? Well, I mean, I guess in a way EMVCO was lucky that we're all remotely based. I'm in San Francisco, Bastion's in the south of France, Simon's near London in the UK. And, you know, the various working groups, task forces, and the border managers you know, really comprise a global body. So that made moving to a virtual meeting model with our associates relatively easy. We've held 23 virtual meetings over the last year, and certainly we've seen a positive shift to remote meetings, you know, which does make a difference. But, you know, nothing can really replace face-to-face conversations, the insights you get over a beer, a cup of coffee. I mean, the value of networking with peers around the world, the opportunity to have one-to-one conversations with the payment systems who are directly responsible for the technology, you know, the insight gained when you're not limited by time, when everyone's together in the same time zone. I mean, our plan is to continue with this online engagement model, at least for the first half of the year. And this includes our April technical meetings and the annual EMV user meeting in June, in addition to special interest meetings that we've scheduled to interact on many different specific topics. And EMVCO is assessing how we can best offer engagement opportunities moving forward and ensuring that those who can't attend face-to-face meetings can still participate. And I would echo what you, what you just said, Brian. Indeed, our, our teams, our groups are, are spread all over the world. So they are used to working remotely. Um, uh, in, uh, uh, so, so it didn't really change um, with this new context. While it is sometimes challenging to organize a long discussion between people in Asia, the Americas and, and, and Europe for several hours, our teams are committed to progressing and accommodating to the situation with very early and very late calls. Um, so, so far it worked well. Um, uh, there were no significant delays in our scheduled plan for technical specifications, delivery and testing support. As you mentioned, nothing replaces face-to-face meetings uh, where you can use whiteboards and share ideas easily. It, I would add that the after-work networking uh, and discussions are also very important to progress and help to build strong teams. 
So as well, the interaction with other technical bodies continues to happen uh, as required. For example, we have uh, this uh, W3C, WPC call every other week, uh, which is the work that I mentioned earlier. Uh, we do have regular calls with PCI um, and, and with other technical bodies. So uh, definitely this work continue uh, with Yambico and, and the, other, the other bodies. Thanks, Bastian, and thanks, Brian. Some very useful insights on how Invico works, how it works with its associates, and also how Invico engages and collaborates with the wider payments industry. That brings us to a close with this first edition of Talking Payments with Invico. We do hope you found this podcast to be of interest and of use. The next edition of this podcast will be out in early summer. We'll be promoting that via Invico's social media channels and through other communications, so please keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, if you have any questions for Invico, please don't hesitate to visit invico.com where you can submit those questions. You can also find a range of educational materials and other information that you may find of use on invico.com. So thank you very much for listening and we hope you'll join us in the future. Thank you. Goodbye.